This episode of Inspiration Point is brought to you by the Quests and Chaos Podcast Network and the generous patrons over on patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we'd like to give a big shout out to Garlic Bread, Eric, and Spike. And at our Muse $20 level, we'd like to thank Prostaskis, Leroy, Kate, Jeremy, Jenna, Jacob, Falangor, Cheryl, A Bad Idea, Red Dead Coquette, and Robert Hans. Thank you for helping us bring a little inspiration out into the world. And now, on with the show. And we're back for another episode of Inspiration Point. I am Adam. Hello, I'm Tiana. And we are together again for Inspiration Point. The By best. our powers combined. We are Captain Content. <laughs> Captain Love, the secret ingredient. Of, I'm happy to be here with you as always. How's life going for you? Pretty good. I've I've been uh, diving deep into my own uh, solo live streaming lately, and I've been having a great time with that. Yeah, the Dragon Age one. Dragon right? Age. I've also been playing Vampire Survivors, and nice. last night I played solo Call of Cthulhu. Oh, yeah. A solo module, right? Yeah, it's, it's basically a choose-your-own-adventure book. Should um, we do that? Should we do that for some episodes? Let let us know if you guys are interested in that. For me, running a solo game for Tiana during some of these uh, uh, episodes. So that you guys can fun. see all of this being demonstrated live. Like, if you guys want to know that. Let us know. Are you interested in that? For I should probably ask you first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, consent's important. Um, yeah, I just no, assumed, I'm, but one should not. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm totally down for that. Um, I, I mean, you're a fantastic GM, and I, I, one of the things that I love about like one-on-one D and D is that you really get the chance to dive deep in a character in a way that you really can't in a larger campaign. Because you need to keep everyone balanced. There is no main character. Yeah. Or at least there shouldn't be. Um, but now there can totally be one. But now there can totally be one because there is only one. There so, is you, only you know, one. it's it's the, the GM running all the NPCs and you as the solo main character and you're telling a story together. I, I was jokingly called uh, the main character of a game I was playing in last night because I can only go there every other week uh. Uh, because on the off weeks, uh, I'm running Westgate. Right. And uh, that's really great. So anyway, my my character is on a ship and I, I like it's kind of fun coming in every other week because I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and so like my character come like wakes up out of uh, a, a sleepy stupor, sees that we're fighting this like gigantic dragon turtle. And then I'm just like, OK, I load a, uh, the big cannon. Right. We have a big, ridiculous cannon that's supposed yes. to take like three turns to do. Right. And uh, natural 20, the the GM gets all excited, says I load it in one turn and can fire it. And so I fire it. I click on the button for the ship. Natural 20 again. This thing does like 200 damage. Oh, my God. To this dragon turtle. It's just his life just disappears. It comes down to my turn again on the next round. And I do a finishing blow with my dwarven thrower, 
and like everyone's just like what the hell <laughs> it's just great that's, that's the sort of character that you want to be if you can only be in every once in a while just the person who walks in wrecks stuff and then walks away again kind of yeah it kind of feels that, that, that way kind of grumbling that your nap was interrupted <laughs> yeah exactly that's kind of how it felt like because um, yeah i've already role-played him that he's a very deep sleeper um, he would have to be to sleep through a dragon turtle attack. Correct, correct. Um, so anyway, I've it would have been uh, fun to play that. I like beginning to play the game as much as you know I can because it doesn't always come up, but that's okay. Yeah, I get that. But it's good for yeah. you to be able to to actually play. Well, and then it, then of course every time I do play, I'm like. Man, I really wish I could GM, and then I go, "Oh man, this is a <laughs> vicious cycle." You know, like, why can't I just be happy? You know, <laughs> I need to work on that. I understand that though, and it's also a very human thing, and where yeah. it's where it's like, you know, you're never quite content with what you have and what you're doing. So true, so true. The grass is always greener, as they say. Indeed. Um, and uh, now it's legal. So that's nice. <laughs> that took me a second. Good job. <laughs> oh, hey, hey. Hey, hey. This is a family show. Um, So uh, I've been, I, I got a gift this last uh, week. I'll show it to you on camera so that all the viewers can see it. <laughs> Look at this oh, thing. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. ancient. Right. Yeah. A friend of mine gave this. He's like, my dad had this and. We thought you would like it. Uh, it is um, the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons Monster Manual. Yeah, the OG Monster Manual. And it's fun to see the original takes a lot of the lot of the monsters in here. Uh, because, you know, most of the stuff we have now existed then, mm -hmm. right? It's also kind of uh, interesting because, you know, when you look at some of the older medieval art, especially when they were, like, depicting monsters and stuff and dragons, it ha they had a certain look to them, right? Yeah. A, a, a sort of flat, very human-y sort of looking weirdness, you yeah. know, about them, um, you know, uh, and th this mimics that style in a lot of ways. Like a oh, lot like of the that. creatures look like they would be out of that kind of art. I don't know if that was just because of the artist's limitation or if like they intentionally were trying to mimic that style. And then it's funny because then all of a sudden they have like these female monsters you know, like the Sphinx or the Nymph or whatever, the Succubus. And it's like clearly a tracing of like a swimsuit magazine or a nudie <laughs> mag or something like that. You know, with like, with some like monster stuff tacked on, right? Like, it's just kind of funny. I mean, of course. see that. Yeah. Um, so some of it's kind of, kind of laughable, but it's still, it's still a beautiful thing. I mean, this is where it kind of started, you know, like mm -hmm. right on the... Right on the cover, it says, by Gary Gygax. Wow. Uh, and that's that's pretty neat. And, the, you know, the cover has a troll, you know, just holding a bone randomly. He's just thinking about this bone he has. I, I've, I just love this bone so much. So much. And then there's like this, I think it's an owl bear. Pretty sure it's an owl bear. But it does not have the beak of an owl. It has the beak of like a toucan. So it's, but it has like teeth and stuff. Uh, and then it looks like it has a roper 
Yeah. So I'm like, they picked some of the really interesting entries mm-hmm. uh, to be on the cover of this book. Uh-huh. That's probably why those are like the classics that everyone thinks of. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like Owlbear is like, you cannot have a property of D&D without the Owlbear presence somewhere. Somewhere. Right. It's got to be there. It was in the movie. Uh, it's in Baldur's Gate. You know, uh, they, it's a staple, right? Of course, it's it's come a long way in its design, right? Well, it's, it, it has <laughs> been fifty years now. <laughs> so we have a little little time to flesh a it out to, a bit, to percolate. Yeah, absolutely. In artist imaginations. Um, I've also been playing Baldur's Gate three, of course, and uh, I finally finished Tactician mode. Ah. And yeah, it took me a long time, but it's a different kind of difficulty compared to like a Dark Souls game mm-hmm. where like I died and it's frustrating, but I also like totally get why I died. Um, whereas like this kind of game has dice rolls in it. So you only have so much control. Yeah. Uh, but I did realize I was making a lot of mistakes. Right. And so I was able to uh, improve in some way. And it's been fun because I started a another playthrough but I went back to balanced and it's like so breezy now. Like it's just yeah. nothing, you know, um, but I've been trying to get all the achievements and the achievement I'm working on right now is the uh, you're making a character where every level is a different class. I've heard about that one. Yes. Yeah. It's an interesting challenge and I'm coming at it differently than I think a lot of people are are doing it. And so far, it's been actually a lot of fun, a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be purely frustrating. And I will say, I am missing my ability score increases. I would really like those, please. Sure. Uh, I'll probably just take items that that buff your stats or that whatever. do all the things. What was your starting class? So I actually started with Ranger. Um, Good choice. Yeah, because I was like, okay, I want this to be like a wisdom dex kind of thing. Uh, and there's a lot of classes that use wisdom. Um, and Dex is like universally useful. Yeah. Um, everybody says that you should do like a charisma build and I definitely see that. Sure. Um, I just have done a lot of charisma stuff already. So I kind of wanted to explore the game a little more, but, um, like starting out with Bard probably makes the most sense or possibly Paladin just to get heavy armor. But I decided level one Ranger, um, level two Monk. Mm. And so I'm just running around in cloth. Right. Um, Third one, Druid. Then uh, Cleric, uh, Life Cleric specifically. Oh, of course. And uh, then uh, Rogue so far. So I'm fifth level. That's as far as I've gotten. And I'm surprisingly effective. Yeah. I mean, with all those different spell lists that you have access to, uh, even just first level spells... Uh, there's a lot to play with in there and all of the first level abilities that you get from the different classes. I can see how that would be really effective. Yeah. And so, uh, it's been interesting trying to make the most out of these and see how they kind of like work together. And it's been a ton of fun, uh, learning about level one. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to talk about level one spells. Well, originally I wanted to talk about level one class features, but then I had a different idea. So we'll probably do level one uh, class features another time. Just another time. You know, we, we do we do love our tier lists. Yeah, we love them. It's been a while since the last tier list. Uh, they always piss everyone off uh, more than anything else. <laughs> Engagement. 
Um, so we've tried to make something uh, that's a little bit more on brand for inspiration point where the secret ingredient is love. Um, and talk about not only how effective is the spell, but how much love gets into that spell. Uh, how do you show love at a table as a fellow player? That's a question. Oh, it's a question. Um, <laughs> how can you through a spell? Through a spell. Uh, generally, I would assume that that is that 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 heavily favors like the healing and the support spells. Mm -hmm. So anything that can help um, that can help a large number of people besides just yourself or deal with a large number of enemies in a in a quick and efficient manner, uh, that feels like that would be higher on the tier list as far as like showing love. Um, yeah, that's my immediate thought on that. How does it feel to get a spell cast on you that's beneficial? Like some other player use their action to make you feel better. I love that. Um, right. I, I I know, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to talk more about it, of course, but I think one of my favorite spells is Bless, just because of how yeah. great it is and how, you know, how, how good I as the caster feel when I'm like, remember to add the D4 to the thing, <laughs> and how good I feel where, where it's like, oh yeah, that's right, I can, I have a better chance of succeeding now that I have this thing that's helping me. My friend, my, right. my friend wanted to help me, I love that. You know what I really like about support casts and stuff like that is you can't fail them. Yeah. It is a tremendously great use of an action. It is a really great use of an action. And we we tend to think in terms of, is this damage, right? Um, but if every spell was just damage, it would be kind of boring, right? Yeah. It would just be trading hit points. Yeah. And we don't really want that. So there's a lot of potential here for, for fun stuff. So... Uh, we're going to go through all the level one spells in 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons. Or at least as many as we can fit into the time that we have. We'll see so how we true. do. Yeah, we'll try to be disciplined, but you know how that goes. Yeah. So S tier means this is perfection and love. This is always take this spell if you can, if you have it available, uh, because not only is it effective, but it's also going to make your uh, team super happy. Uh, to have it. So I think an obvious one for that is Bless. Bless is sort of going to be uh, our gold standard, if you will. Basically, Bless bless and Bane, uh, because because you're then using your action to try and make it so that the other, per those, so the bad guy can't hit you, can't hit your friends as hard. Yes, Bane is also quite good. Um, if they can't hit your party members, it would, it's kind of like you gave everybody AC, 1D4 AC. Yeah. But that would be absolutely bonkers crazy good. So instead, you know, monsters have a chance to not have this happen to them. I mean, you and I were in a game together where Bane was like, especially at those early levels. Oh, so clutch. Doing work, doing work, getting a lot of value. Yeah, Roland cast, cast Bane a lot and it helped so much. <laughs> It really did, but and it, and I was kind of flavoring it not so much that I was like being detrimental to them as much as I was trying to protect everybody else, um, and so yeah, I mean, players love not getting hit, especially if it's close. Yeah, right. And if you roll that d4 and like you need a two or a three, you know, there's a lot of drama there that that creates some fun. Yeah, everyone is just like on the edge of their seat, be like, "Come on, come on!" <laughs> Uh, another aspect to to the to these tiers is also um, 
uh, role play potential. Because yes. because some th- some things are very powerful, but you know not not great for anything. But I I do damage, and some are just like uh, this is just for flavor. But boy, what great flavor that gives! Mm-hmm. Yeah. So A would be I'm always happy to see this at the table. Uh, it's really cool, but um, you know maybe it's not quite as OP as blesses, right? Uh, B is, hey, did you know that this spell exists? This is surprisingly helpful. Like, in the right situation, this is cool. Um, C, good for the player, but it's not very helpful. It does not really contain, um, you Much know, a lot of- Much of that secret ingredient. Yeah, it's, it's, it's missing that secret ingredient. So it's strong, maybe, but it's not that helpful. Um, D would be, and I don't expect a lot to be here, but it, it just feels like maybe a wasted turn. Uh, you're not really helping uh, somebody else. And even if you're just helping yourself, you could have helped yourself better. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And then F would be like, don't ever take this. It's actively detrimental. I don't really expect anything is going to make the F tier. Yeah, because that is that is one of the things about first level spells, even if they are very situational, which is going to be one of the aspects that that we look at. Um, they do still tend to be decent, at least at least in the niches that they are used in. Yeah. So again, bless provides a D four bonus to three of your allies, which can include yourself. Um, so there is the potential to leave someone out, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, but if you're a good little player you'll probably pick everyone but yourself, right? And I think that that's the best use of it, unless you just know someone else isn't making attack rolls, right? Yeah. And if you're casting it, it's a concentration spell. It's better to not be the one who's getting hit and having to make those concentration checks. Yeah, um, absolutely. Andraste use, use those, use Bless occasionally because she made an effort to not be in the front. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then, then you get more use out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And those people that are risking their necks in the front line, the best thing that they can do is knock down creatures so that they're not hitting them anymore. Yeah. Right? And so in in a sort of indirect way, you know, you're sparing their hit points. You know, and as you pointed out, so Bane is kind of the opposite where it gives a negative D4 to uh, up to three enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, depending on which creatures you choose – you can very directly say, I'm trying to protect you. Yeah. Right? Like, if I'm hitting the bugbear that's, you know, behind you, you know that I'm trying to to help. Right? So it's a good way to communicate, like, hey, I love you. Right? So much love. That's right. Especially, you know, as, like, a hetero man, you know, like, we need to find ways to say I love you that, that don't make us uncomfortable, like saying I love you. <laughs> No, sit in that discomfort. <laughs> Accept that discomfort. Accept the fact that it's going to be weird and you're going to just have to deal with it because yeah, it's you're good right. for you. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but, you know, this might have to be step one, right, for some That's, people. You know what? I, I accept that as long as it's not the final step. Yeah, as long as it's not the final step. Okay, we're in agreement. All right. Um. Okay, what's the next spell that we're going to look at? All right, well, if we're going to go in alphabetical order, we did yeah. miss one. We well, you did miss a few, actually. We skipped over. Uh, let's we went start straight with, to Bane. We went straight to, well, we went straight to Bless and then back to Bane. Uh, so yeah. let's, let's go with Absorb Elements. 
So okay. that one is a reaction spell. Um, yeah. So it, it doesn't have the problem of like spending a turn, but Correct. it really is only for one person. Uh, whenever you get hit with like a fireball or something, you can catch some of that energy and reduce the amount of damage done to yourself. Can you cool. give it to someone else or no? Nope. It is entirely for for the caster. So the All person right. who is casting it catches some of that energy and then returns it to the next time that they hit someone with a melee attack. Yes. Uh, to, to do an extra 1d6 damage of that damage type. Yeah. So to me, that seems like straight up C tier. Like it's useful. It's decent, but it's only for you. Exactly. And that's that's where I would put it, too. So again, this is not the same as like what Trium Monk Temple would do, where it this is like you know DPR you know creation or or prevention you know this is like you know table dynamic usefulness mm-hmm. let's say. All right, uh, what's the next one? The next one is Alarm, which we actually talked a little bit about before we started recording. Yeah, we did. Um, Alarm takes a minute to to cast, so it's not useful in combat, but it does last for eight hours, and you're able to set an alarm against unwanted intrusion. You can basically, like, set an alarm over a door, over a window. If you set it carefully, you can put it around uh, at least yourself, but you can set it uh, effectively. You're setting an alarm to, to, like, wake you up. If something crosses the threshold. Right. So useful, but also very kind of if, 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 if. And there's a lot of GMs that just won't even make you care about this. Right. Um, I'm not saying that that's good or bad. It's just, you know, a lot of tables, um, you know, GMs never have your camp get attacked, you know, or or it's very rare. Um, having said that, that can give your fellow players a sense of security. Especially uh, if you is, know there's only one way in or out of, like, the cave that you're sleeping in. So to me, this, you know, after we discussed it, it I found it surprisingly helpful. So I threw it in a B tier. Yeah, and and the reason why, why I like it so much is because it has a lot of potential for roleplay potential, especially early on when you don't necessarily know the other characters. So if you have a wizard character who meticulously places alarm every time they go to sleep, that tells you something about them. That tells you something about the way that they think and gives you early access into being like, hey, what's that about? Right. Yeah, that could lead to some party dialogue of when I was a boy, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so that that is pretty good. The only downside for alarm to me is that um, it, again, it's that level one spell slot, possibly a spell you, you know, uh, which could, like, if you're a bard, it could be on a limited list. Sure. Um, I don't know. Do bards even get alarm? I don't remember. But anyway. Uh, it is Ranger, Wizard, Artificer, and Oath of the Watchers Paladins. You know that Oath of the Watchers makes a lot of sense, right? Doesn't it? Doesn't it? But, I mean, also, if you take, if for whatever reason you're able to get a... Um, a feat at first level, it is a ritual, so you can take it as a ritual cast. Oh, that's nice. Okay, so that's very helpful. So it's technically uh, accessible to free any spell. class. Yeah. Okay, great. Then it's great. Yeah, um, it's, pretty, it's a pretty great spell, and I encourage okay, more people again. to actually think about it and use it. Surprisingly helpful. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Uh. What's the next one? Animal friendship. Uh, Animal friendship. Yep. It, it, allow, it allows you to convince a beast that you mean no harm. It has to see you and hear you. If the intelligence is four or higher, the spell or the spell fails. 
Otherwise, the beast must succeed in a wisdom saving throw or be charmed by you uh, mm-hmm. for the spell's duration. So, I mean, this one, I, do, I don't like this one. It is so situational. It's it's incredibly situational. It it could. So, he, yeah, here's my problem with it is that, one, it's not going to come up very often. But a lot of players will try to do it because players love collecting pets. They love it, <laughs> love it, love it. And it's a nice way to show that, hey, my character loves animals, which helps us to endear ourselves to them. I mean, yes, but at that point, take speak with animals. As Baldur's Gate 3 so aptly demonstrates, you, you can have great conversations with, uh, with your fluffy buddies. Yeah, and it also doesn't feel like you're mind-controlling them. Yeah, because this is charmed. This and is charmed, yeah. It, that lasts for 24 hours, which is cool until you wake up and there's a bear in your camp that is no longer charmed by you. Yeah, so um, I tend to put this maybe in C or D uh, because it's, first of all, just not good. And second of all, even if everything goes off on a hitch, that situation would have been better done with speak with animals. Mm-hmm. And to create like, like, let's say you want to add like a creature to your camp or whatever so that, you know, you can have scratch or or the owlbear cub or whatever. Yeah. You know, we love those. By the way, you know, you can throw scratch's ball and he'll like go and get it. And that's actually an achievement. I have been told this. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> it's pretty fun. But Carlac currently has scratch's ball. <laughs> fun to say. It's hilarious to say, but, but yeah, I, I I agree. Like when when you see the and this is also one of those that is kind of misnamed, I think, because it's called animal friendship, and, and yeah. I would argue that really hard. This is not making a friend of an animal. This is forcing it to do what you want it to do. Correct, correct. And I don't it's... care for that. Right. So are you are we leaning on D tier? I'm don't... leaning on D on this one. Yeah. I'm uh, I was gonna put it in B originally, but yeah, I think you're right. D tier. If there wasn't speak with animals, I could say, well, a GM can kind of, you know, shrug and squint and make this what a player would generally want. Like mm-hmm. if I'm playing with like a younger player especially, they're gonna just see the title animal friendship. And they're going to make all kinds of assumptions. Yeah. And then I will just go along with that assumption. I will just Which say. Which is completely correct. Yeah. The raccoon loves you now. You're now lifetime friends. You're a Disney princess. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but that's not technically how it works. Yeah. And especially when you're dealing with young or new players, like that's the way to handle it. Until you can gently explain, no, that's not exactly how it works. Please read your spells. Yeah. So we could delete this and the game would be fine. It would be. What's next? Uh, up next is Armor of Agathus. Uh, a protective magical force surrounds you, manifests a spectral frost that covers you and your gear. You gain five temporary hit points for the duration. If a creature hits you with a melee attack while you have these hit points, the creature takes five cold damage. See? Good for See? you, buddy. So good for you, buddy. Um... Yeah, I, I will say that I see this used almost almost exclusively. Yeah, it's a warlock and oath of conquest. So it is a good thing for a warlock to have because yeah. if they're getting hit, they don't want to get hit. They are squishy. But it is definitely a good for you, buddy. Yeah, it is. Um, I'd also be like, also, why didn't you take this other thing that's like more effective? You know, like I'm not the biggest fan of hex, but at level one, it's fine. Oh, yeah. Right. I would prefer that over this. Um, because it also gives that negative to ability checks, mm-hmm. which, you know, 
a lot of early monsters don't have like the athletic skill, you know, so that if you're trying to push or grapple or whatever them, you know, that that can that can really help in that situation. Yeah. Um okay. Uh what's next? Arms of Hadar. And Arms of Hadar is interesting to me because it's very it's very situational, but it's pretty good. Um you invoke the power of Hadar, the dark hunger, Tendrils of dark energy erupt from you and batter all creatures within 10 feet of you. Each creature in that area must make a strength saving throw. On a failed save, a target takes 2d6 necrotic damage and can't take reactions until its next turn. On a successful save, the creature takes half damage but suffers no other effect. So, I, for me, this is very much a do not please, right? Because you can hit your allies. I agree with that, but also counterpoint, um, if you are alone and surrounded, which happens to my characters more than I like to admit, um, <laughs> it is incredibly useful for being, you know, the AoE get away from me spell. Does it push? It doesn't push, does it? It, it doesn't it doesn't push, but you're you're effectively able to like if you if you can hit all of them in that area and they all like lose their reactions, mm -hmm. you can drop that as an action and get the heck out of there. So to that you know, I, I wouldn't say it's useless. Um but it yeah, it definitely doesn't seem to have any secret ingredient in it. No. But I, I could go for a C. Yeah, and and I only say that because it allows you know the the more squishy characters to not have to rely as hard on everyone else. Yeah, uh, but true. again, this is that is a warlock only spell, and uh, I do I do love warlocks, but um, well, we could talk about this some other time. But I feel like there's there's an element of selfishness to the way that warlocks tend to get played. Tend. Which makes sense that you're making a pact with a devil. It's yep. not gonna you know be that helpful in terms of. You know, unless you do Celestial Warlock, and then all of a sudden you get helpful spells. Yeah. Right? But but by and large, because you only get the two spell slots, you do, by necessity, have to be a little bit selfish in how you use them. Agreed. Okay, so next. Uh, up next is Bane, which we've already talked about. That yep. is in S tier. Yep. We love Bane. Bane's awesome. It's great. After that is Beast Bond. Beast Bond. Yeah. So, again, this is an what action. What is that? <laughs> I'm this not is, familiar. This is one familiar. that almost no one uses. It's a druid and a ranger spell, and it's one okay. that even druids and rangers don't use all that often. I think I've seen it used once. Okay. You establish a telepathic link with one beast you touch that is friendly to you or charmed by you. The spell fails if the beast's intelligence is four or higher. Until the spell ends, the link is active while you and the beast are within line of sight of each other. Through the link, the beast can understand your telepathic messages, and it can telepathically communicate simple emotions and concepts back to you. While the link is active, the beast gains advantage on attack rolls against any creature within five feet of you that you can see. This is great if, like, I, so I had a druid who had uh, an animal friend, not a, like, and not, not like a true companion or familiar or anything like that, but she had a, she had a big old cat that rode around on her shoulders and would sometimes go and uh, do spy things. It was a great, I, I had a lot of fun with, I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, so is this, like, the real animal friendship spell, like? Kind of. I, I hesitate to call it the real animal friendship spell because it's more like a, a mental link and they already have to be friendly or charmed by you. Okay, gotcha. So this would be like to follow up on animal friendship once it's charmed by you. 
then or so it, it kind know. of transforms a an animal into a, a sort of pseudo familiar a little that? bit yeah but without the intelligence of it because like the beast intelligent has to be for a, a three or lower effectively mm-hmm. so this is where my personal bias against pets is going to come up i i know that people love pets uh but what i don't like about them is even if they don't take up turns in combat which i think is a big no-no usually um I think that uh, they tend to be used as, like, solo scouts a lot. Mm. And that means that you're eating up time uh, that other people aren't necessarily interacting with. Sure. Uh, So it's not my favorite way of sort of interacting with the game. That's fair. Um, Yeah, I personally don't much care for Beast Bond just because it's so situational. Yeah, so I'm going to put it in... I might say good for you, buddy, because yeah. this is all about like your headcanon and, you know, you're having fun and that's great for you, but it's not really doing much for us. Yeah. And it's not even as useful as a familiar because like a familiar can go and run off and be a hundred feet off and give you messages. This thing has to be in line of sight of you. Okay. What's uh, after Beast Bond? Hang on. We have a lot of things in C. I just want to point that out. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I think that that's to be expected. That's where it should bow in the middle, right? <laughs> I guess. There, there's, I, I, hopefully we'll get some A tiers here, because that's still empty. Yeah, it's true. Uh, next is Bless, which we've already talked about. After that is Burning Hands. Burning I think, Hands. I think everyone knows Burning Hands. I love it as a, as a spell uh, that I like to use as far as our criteria. Um, it's much like Arms of Hadar in that it hits everything that is in its cone. Uh, You are able to direct it because it is a cone. So it's not, you know, everything within 10 feet of you is screwed. Correct. Um, And it can have some good RP flavor. Um, I I don't know if I would call it surprising, but I might put it in B tier. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a high damage value spell for like that level if... You can get enough monsters in it. If you cast this against one monster, it's pretty ineffective. Yeah. You probably should have just done Firebolt or something. <laughs> um, or even just like, like, that's the other thing. It's like, is this better than the help action? Right. <laughs> and, uh, uh, or is this better than dodge? You know, something <laughs> like that. Um, and I think it is in its, um, you know, and I know I, I gave crap to Arms of Hadar. But um, Arms of Hadar, though, is like a 10 foot like area around you. A little easier to hit the wrong people. Exactly. This at least you can you can argue for how you're aiming. Yeah. And it can really turn the tide of a fight. It can. There's a lot of guys, especially at those early levels. I think this is something that if you take it as a warlock, you eventually just get rid of it. Yeah. Because it will like become kind of superfluous. But like. Definitely early on, it's pretty good. So I, I guess I'm okay with putting it in B. All right. B for burning hands. B for burning. You're right, though. I, I played a light domain cleric, and um, after after I got fireball, I just stopped using it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it just doesn't come up anymore. That's just that's just there for, like, healing word at the, that point. Like, Basically. the later on, the it's kind of fun. Some spells do become just one thing, like... Um, you know, for like uh, wizards and sorcerers and stuff, level one spells just become ammo for shield. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? That's <laughs> like it. 
Or, you know, that that last thing that you grab onto when you have used every one of your resources and it's that slug out, knock out, drag out fight. Right, yeah. Those are fun. And, you know, yeah, there's always like, well, what about the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We we can't help but admit that sometimes some spells get relegated. Um, Okay, what's the next one? Uh, The next one is Catapult. Okay, Catapult, you basically throw a thing at a guy, right? Yeah, you basically yeet a thing up to 90, up to 90 feet in a direction, uh, and if you hit someone, they have to make a deck saving throw, and if it strikes something, uh, it takes 3d8 bludgeoning damage. I just want to point out how much damage that is. You say 3d8? I said 3d8. Wow. What's uh, Burning Hands again? Burning Hands is... Uh, 3d6. 3d6. Oh, 3d6? Yeah. Okay, so higher damage, but for a single target? Yep. Okay, level one spell. And it is a sorcerer, wizard, and artificer spell. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is very nice if you're, like, playing a sort of... If you're role-playing, your character's more of a telekinetic Mm kind of character, or is, like, you know, using air to force things around, you know, uh, that sort of thing. I... I don't necessarily love the name Catapult because I I feel like it, I don't know. I just don't like the way that feels, but like, I get it too. Yeah. Um, This isn't helpful to anyone but you, for sure. Uh, I would argue that because it it is such a high damage spell and you can throw it as far as far as you can, uh, a full, the full 90 feet. I think this would be incredibly useful if you're able to like target the ogre that is laying waste to uh, your your group of more melee fighters up in the front. So this is a good way to do a lot of damage from the back and possibly turn the tide. Can this grab an item? No, that's Mage Hand you're thinking of. Okay, because if it was like a, you know, you, you, they throw a grenade at you and then you <laughs> catapult it back. You know, that could be interesting. I mean, theoretically, right? you could if you can catch the grenade before it before it explodes. Before it explodes. Sure, right? Or if it's like a landmine, you know. Yeah, because it's, it's one object that's between one to five pounds. Like, it's not a big thing. Right. So you could get it away from you mm-hmm. and potentially from your allies. And that, you know, that is good damage. It's good damage. Um, you're doing about 12, 13 damage on a cast. Um, Especially at first level, that can at first level that can that change the, the the course of the battle. It could. Uh, again, I would prefer that this had some sort of um, dispersion effect, like some ability to displace an enemy. Um, I think that would be useful. Or if I could, like, and I think a, a lot of reasonable GMs would be okay with this. Like, can I shove them out of the way with catapult? You know, like, could I use this? on an ally to potentially help them, you know, or to quickly throw them something. Mm-hmm. Um, could I do like a baseball pitch with this thing and then the barbarian hits it with his club and then it does like <laughs> extra damage? I don't, I would have to get into some DM shenanigans to, to get away with this stuff. Uh, but I guess rules is written. I don't know. I think it's a good for you. Yeah, that's, that's probably more of a, of a good for you. Yeah. All right. So the next one is uh, Cause Fear. I have never seen this used, and reading it, I hate it. All right. Um, well, how exactly does Cause Fear work? You awaken the sense of mortality in one creature you can see within range. A construct or an undead is immune to this effect. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or become frightened of you until the spell ends. 
The frightened target can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns and the effect on itself on a success. Okay, so for a spell slot, I can use my intelligence to make an intimidate check. Mm-hmm. F. <laughs> garbage. Well, I'm okay. I will say the frightened condition, you know, uh, what it gives them disadvantage on attacks, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, uh, as, as long as you are within view, they have disadvantage. And uh, let me check. Yeah. So in terms of power, I don't think it's that good. But in terms of being helpful, it is helpful. It's uh, more helpful than a, than a lot of these because... I mean, do they have to keep making saves, or is it just until the they end have to of keep like a... making saves? Okay, so when we look at that, right? If someone's uh, attacking the tank, and I'm in the back, and then I use cause fear on that attacker, we've we've now uh, ensured the tank's survival uh, quite a bit, especially if we know that they're they have more hit points than we're just going to knock out, right? Um, like this could be very good against, like, let's say, an ogre who um, is not going to pass this check. It might get lucky. Be nice. (laughs) It could get lucky, but it would have to get lucky, right? Yeah. Um, Whereas if, let's say, instead I cast Catapult, like, yeah, I'm going to whittle down its hit points, but he's definitely going to keep coming, right? Yeah, and and that's a fair point because it is disadvantage. uh, Frightened is disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. So anything that they're trying to do... So if they're trying to kill you, grapple mm-hmm. you, push mm-hmm. you, you know, knock you prone, there's a lot of things here that they're going to have a harder time doing. Um, and again, at those early levels, I would say this is surprisingly helpful. All right. I'll, I'll bow to, 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 to that one. I personally don't like it, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think it's more of the flavor of it for me where, okay. like, I... I don't, it's a, this is a necromancy spell, and there are very few necromancy spells that I like, and most of those are healing. Yeah, they they could rename this one Boo. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. All right, what's next? Up next is Ceremony. (laughs) Boy, talk about situational. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is pure RP flavor. It doesn't really... Uh, do anything beyond, I don't know, feel goodery. Like, there are stats involved, you know, depending on which ceremony you perform, you get different buffs. But, like, mm-hmm. you would never strategically hold a wedding in order to get, you know, AC. But, you know, that would be stupid. Um, and if you're doing that, like, you're you're a cleric or a paladin, and so you can choose the spell that day. And you would want to do that at, like, the end of the day, right before you take a long rest. I I have to say, what I particularly don't like about this spell is that it implies that you would need this spell in order to perform a ceremony. Hmm. Right? And that's not necessarily what it's doing word for word. But, like, again, a lot of times we don't, we don't go into detail on these spells. We get impressions from them. Yeah. And if your character is a cleric and... I, I would assume that they could perform a wedding ceremony or a birthing ceremony or, or, or run funeral rites, and there would not have to be a check involved, you know? There certainly wouldn't have to be a, a spell slot used. Um, I mean, it's a ritual, right? So, it's a I mean, ritual, it's, so, so, so you it's could free. do it. I mean, it, it is free with an extra, like, 10 minutes or whatever. So, but it's just, we don't need this. This didn't need to even be in the game. 
Is it helpful to allies? Yes, but a GM could have flavored that. Like, and it, we didn't need that. Yeah. So you want, so, to, put, you want to put that down in D? Let's put it in D. All right. I okay, agree with it, you. It literally only helps people, but for the wrong reasons. Because that's the other thing is like, now you're now you're trying to get these character moments to happen in order to get numbers, uh, as opposed to just the the moment itself. Yeah, and that's kind of gross. Yeah, we don't like that. Kind of kind of icky. Kind of kind of not good. All right, up next is Chaos Bolt. What a spell! What an what what a confusing freaking spell that one is. Chaos Bolt. Uh, I don't even remember what this does. Can you help me out again? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a sorcerer spell. Basically, you you hurl an undulating, warbling mass of chaotic energy at one creature in range. Make a ranged spell attack against the target. On a hit, the target takes 2d8 plus 1d6 damage. Um, now you roll both of the d8s. And, uh, you, you, you are, you're allowed to choose, like, um... So you roll both both of the d8s, and then there's a chart that tells you what kind of damage you do based on what you roll. This is stupid. It is it is very confusing. It is very stupid, and it, it, it's kind of like um, guiding bolt, which is a great spell, but has, is notorious for never hitting. So I get to make an attack roll, and then I get to roll on two different uh, charts. I mean, it's for, one chart, I, but for. For an enemy that probably doesn't even have resistances or vulnerabilities because they just forgot to put that in most of the game. <laughs> um, and so this is a time waster. This it, this could have been anything. How much damage? Uh, 2d8 plus 1d6. And the 2d8 is helping you determine what level of damage you're doing. That's so bad. That is... But especially, especially as a first level spell, because you have to assume, and this is a this is a, a game design thing. You have to assume that first level spells are being handled by new players. Yeah. And if you were handing them this the first time that I saw this, I just sat there staring at it, going, "What? How does this work?" And yeah. I and I've been playing the game for a little while by then, but I had a hard time with this spell at first. This is not good. This like <laughs> if if you were looking at damage, you know, if you've got catapult and magic missile and burning hands, like how do those lose to this? You know. Yeah. Now, also, it's not only not helpful to your allies, but it wastes their time at the table. This is uh, anti love F tier, <laughs> in my I, opinion. The, the the only the only bonus that I can really see to it is that there is the chance for like poison psychic and thunder damage, which is six, seven, and eight, which um a lot of things have like resistances to cold or fire. Almost nothing has resistance to, you know, force, poison, psychic, thunder. So this gives you access to different like damage types. That I, you I have might to not disagree have. with you on poison. A lot of things are immune to poison. Okay, fair enough. Or like a lot of undead don't care about that. And you're very likely going to fight undead early. Uh, constructs later on don't care about poison. Fair enough. Uh, force, yeah. psychic, and thunder then. Force, psychic, and thunder are very good. Psychic, slightly less than the other two. Uh, force and thunder are... Like, thunder is, like, the unsung hero of the element damages. Truly. Like, they... Because they can, like, do extra damage to more creatures. 
And it's also For, loud Force is AF. great because, like, nothing's resistant to force. Everything yeah. takes force. Um, so that's, like, all reliable. But again, Magic Missile is still better here. <laughs> True. Um, I've, 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 I think that the, the arguments for it are it gives you access to damage that you wouldn't otherwise have. And uh, it's it's good flavor, especially if you're playing a more... Li- I mean, sorcerers are born with their abilities. So they can be a little bit more on the chaos sphere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no, I agree with you. Uh, it is... I have fun with it, but that's because I've played with it quite often. So it's one of my arsenals when I when I play a sorcerer, but it's I'm very specific about that. All right. Well I'll put it in D just for you. Oh, thank you. All right. What's the next one? Charm person. Uh, this spell. This spell. F. <laughs> if only because it makes me feel like charmed conditions make me just feel so icky. This this spell has not aged well. No. <laughs> uh, I I like how in um, in Baldur's Gate three, if you use this spell in like tactician or higher, um, they actually will become hostile to you after it's been cast. Um, oh, and that's that's how it is. That's how it's written in the spell. If not like it, it if not uh, it becomes hostile. Uh, the creature knows it was charmed by you, and if it's intelligent enough to like be of any sort of use for the one hour that it, that they're charmed they're gonna be so angry and now also imagine a player cast this on another player oh my god like your your <sighs> table died <laughs> like, yeah you have to find a new group now not necessarily um <laughs> this is not good not, not, not necessarily, but it is like you have, like you really have to know and trust the rest of the table. Or they have, they have to be like up on what you're doing or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, if I said, okay, what if, what if I cast charm person on you in order to get you to do the big brave thing that your character's scared to do, you know, would that be okay with you? Yes or no. I could also see a situation though, where like somebody could be like, Hey, agree with me on the thing. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, no, I don't agree. And like, charm person. And like, what? Charm yeah. person. Chocolate beats vanilla. I, there it is. We did it. You know what I mean? It, like, I would be pissed. I, I, would, I, would, be really be, I would be so angry. I, I actually had a situation like that come up in a Call of Cthulhu game a little bit where it was like opposing roles. And the other person rolled an odd one, which is the best success that you can get. And I was over here like, I do not see a universe where my character would actually be convinced by this. Like you have not convinced me that my character would be convinced by this, and I said, I it yeah. actually it actually made me angry because I was like, I have told you again and again that this character is not going to budge, and I don't Correct. appreciate you, uh, the the GM. I don't appreciate you turning this into a uh, opposed role on this. That that wasn't cool. Now does it doesn't say a hostile creature, does it? Uh, so in this... Or does it say a creature? You attempt to charm a humanoid you can see within range. It must okay. make a wisdom saving throw and does so with advantage if you or your companions are fighting it. So if they had, if they could just tweak it a little where it says a hostile creature, at least then we can say, okay, well, the purpose of it is to get that guy to stop hitting me. Yeah. Right? And that I could agree with, but... Mm. Yeah. But it is uh, not good. This is gross. 
It's not a good. It's not a good spell. I, I unironically no. I think this actually does belong in F tier because this could be actually detrimental and could kill your table if you don't use it well. Correct. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I actually trouble. wrote F specifically on the next page specifically for charm person. For charm person. Charm person tier is what we'll we'll call. It. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and it, it, like charm is one of those effects that uh, every good table that I have been at sits down and talks about like mind control and charm spells and how yeah. those get handled. Um, Never do them against players. Or at least not player versus player. Not without player. a yeah, not player versus player, and and ne- you know never without a, a discussion. Uh, but this is a sin I committed when I was you know still learning, and I was in college. And I cast Dominate Person. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no, it wasn't Dominate. It was Gaius, um, which is, I might as well be Dominate, right? Like, yeah. So I cast Gaius on a fellow player and succeeded. And that resulted in crying in the bathroom, right? Like, and I had to go, like, apologize a whole bunch of times. Yeah. Um, Not a thing you do. But you uh, never did that again, did you? No, I never did that again. In fact, that's always <laughs> been a rule, like, Hey, you can't do that. Or like, even when players will say, well, can I make a deception check against this other player? I'll just say no. Yeah. Um, you know, unless there's something specific or I know they're cooking up something, you know, but I don't, I don't like any sort of PVP or PVP adjacent thing to happen that yeah. isn't like a, a buy-in from everyone else. Yeah. The one, the one like exception to that, that I would do is like, you know, a sleight of hand versus a perception check type of thing. But again, that has to be like very character driven. It has to be something that everyone is okay with. It isn't just the bloody rogue is stealing from everyone again, which will kill Correct. a table. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have seen that kill tables. Yeah, you know, and a lot of new rogues, they think that that's what they're supposed to be doing, right? Because yep. they they're think like, that well, they're supposed to be stealing from everyone. And I'm like, you may be chaotic evil, but that is not chaotic stupid. Correct. You would still at least look for an opportunity to do something evil as opposed to just getting yourself murdered by us. <laughs> yeah. Right? How, did you, how did you survive to adulthood if you stole from everyone you were around? <laughs> Correct. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, charm person. Bad spell. Not good. Bad don't, spell. don't use it. Yep. Uh, up next is chromatic orb. And I kind of put chromatic orb into the same category as chaos bolt, except that you have more control over it. Yeah. Uh, you hurl a four-inch diameter sphere of energy at a creature that you can see within range. You choose acid, cold, fire, lightning, poison, or thunder for the type of orb you create, and then make a ranged spell attack against the target. If it hits, the target takes 3d8 damage of the type you chose. So this is better because yes. I don't have to make another roll. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, I can... And it's more damage because it's 3d8 or more potential damage because it's 3d8 as opposed to 2d8 plus 1d1 plus 1d6. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, how much damage is it again? Uh, so uh, chromatic orb is 3d8. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's that's decent. It's a quite a bit of damage. Yeah, that's the same as catapult, right? Yes. So not bad. And you can choose the uh, the element that can really come in clutch. Rarely, unfortunately, because I do wish that fifth edition would include more resistance stuff yeah i mean everything more, has resistances more, but more resistances and vulnerabilities yeah yeah no, like then, we want a little more pokemon in our DD. i feel i i would a hundred like that that's something that actually might be a really interesting project to take on to make like a bestiary of an of uh animals that are a 
of enemies that have resistances and vulnerabilities, much in like the Persona vibe. Yeah, I mean, because not only that, but you can also like now strengthen that enemy, and now they have more like of a active counterplay. Mm-hmm. Now I know to an extent they do that with the ability scores themselves, but there are so many enemies, especially later on, that just have high everything. Yeah, that it becomes like. A non-point. Yeah, anymore. you're just whittling away at hit points at that point, and it's exhausting. Yeah, so... Yeah, anyway, what's the next one? Oh, uh, we didn't I'd, rate this, did we? I'd put, um, it, I'd put it into C. It's a it's, it's useful in the same way that, like, Catapult is. Agreed. All right, up next is Color Spray. Oh, uh, that one blinds based on hit points, right? Yes. And can they save eventually, or...? Uh, a dazzling array of flashing colored light springs from your hand. Roll 6d10. The total is how many hit points of creatures this spell can affect. Creatures in a 15-foot cone originating from you are affected in d- ascending order of their current hit points, ignoring unconscious creatures and creatures that can't see. Uh, starting with the creature that has the lowest current hit points, each creature affected by the spell is blinded until the end of your next turn. So you've effectively used uh, your action to buy yourself another action. And but the the problem is that it is creatures in a fifteen foot cone, so it's yeah. not creatures of your choice. There there is friendly fire potential here, which mm-hmm. we don't love. Assuming that you use it correctly, it does provide your allies with a lot of utility. Like true, we we like not getting hit. We like not being targeted by spells. Uh, this is especially nice against a wizard who is going to save against your spells but can't save against this because they don't have the hit points. Yeah. Right? And uh, most spells have a creature you can see descriptor. Yeah. Um, And so, like, that is very, very useful. Yeah. And then you also have, because they're blinded, uh, attack rolls against the creature have advantage, and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage. So I, I would actually put this under surprisingly useful. Yeah. Um. Yeah, surprisingly useful. Yeah, I would put it in A. Okay. Except for it the has possibility that, of friendly fire. The possibility of friendly fire. Yeah. And it and it's not like a save afterwards. It's um It's you are blinded until the end of your next until the end of that turn. caster's next turn, yeah. Which can be very effective, but I mean know. everything can turn on the in, in the space of one turn, as we saw in the in the labyrinth fight. Yeah. Very true. What's the next one? Command. You're familiar with this one. So I think Command is freaking baller. I think that this is a very strong spell. I, I think this should, this belongs in A, uh, personally, because I think there are commands that are worse than others. Yes. Um, but Command Drop is uh, very good. Um, I, I used it as a GM against you. Yep. But now imagine that you had used it against a boss whose whole thing was a weapon. Yeah. Right? Now... Not only did you take away their ability to do that, you may have permanently done so by, like, grabbing that weapon and getting rid of it. Um, Command Grovel, you know, is going to give all of us that, you know, the ability to hit with advantage because they're prone, right? Uh, This can let us get away. I think my favorite use of of Command was in Storm King's Thunder when... Did you do Approach? I, I did not do approach. That was not me. But yes, <laughs> but yes, approach was was used in order to draw the ogres and the giants onto, into the, kill zone. onto the spikes and <laughs> the onto the grease spikes. 
It was the spikes first, because the spikes, the, the spike growth was the, was the bigger terrain, and then they yeah. hit, and then they hit the grease and went down, and then another, uh, a giant landed on top of them, and it was great. It's really great, and I I don't think I even still understood how good it was until Baldur's Gate three. That's um, fair. It's so strong, and uh, it has so much potential. It's one of the, it's that spell though that you want to role play it after you cast it. Yeah. Because you don't want to do a big speech and say halt in the name of God, you know, and then and then it not go off. And then they roll an eighteen and they're good. Yeah. <laughs> and you feel stupid. That, that, that that's how I felt after the after the turn undead. But I was like, no, this is what this is what my character would do. Which is again, this does allow for for some good role play and. Uh, whether you choose to do it before or after the spell lands, I like to do it before, just because yeah. I, I I think that it, that it gives the the, the dice gods a uh, uh, incentive to make it happen. Absolutely. So, so I love command. I think it's a tier. All right. But like, is it bless? Ah. <laughs> In fairness, bless is guaranteed is, to work. <laughs> yeah, nothing nothing is bless except bane, and bane yeah. even is a little harder because it's you know it's not guaranteed to work. Yes, yes, but its potential of usefulness is probably higher. Yeah, um, which is so weird. But anyway, all right. Up next is compelled duel. This one is so situational. Yeah, this is like how they put like a hard taunt in the game. Yeah, you know they were like, okay, everybody's playing WoW now. We have to put taunt in the game. You know, let's let's do that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's good because it keeps enemies from fighting your allies, right? Yeah, and that 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 makes it really powerful in that aspect because it has to make a wisdom saving throw, and on a failed save, it's drawn to you, and it has advan- disadvantage on attack rolls on against any creature other than you, and Correct. must make a wisdom saving throw each time it attempts to move into a space that is more than 30 feet away from you. So you keep it close, and you keep it focused on you. That does make it, I think, surprisingly useful. I've just never seen it used. No, um, I don't, I haven't either. And I think it's because, again, there's just better options. But like, like in terms of role play and table dynamics, it does technically provide a lot of usefulness to your allies that can help them feel safe. On the other hand, and, you know, I'm curious as to what your take is on this, but I think it also encourages main character syndrome a little bit. Mm. Um where it's like, I'm going to challenge the boss and everybody else take care of all the stragglers, right? Uh, or I'll prevent this from hitting you and, and put the hate on myself because I'm such a hero. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I think I think it could be used in a way that's not very secret ingredient, but it should be. Yeah. Does that make I, sense? I, I can see that being uh, an issue. I will point out that it is only paladins who who can get this particular Correct. one who already have main ca- character syndrome on account of them being literally built for it <laughs> yeah well and they're and they're built to be the charismatic ones you can really take the hits and most paladin and i say this as someone who irl is basically a paladin <laughs> i've had this said to me many times and i've just given up fighting it um mm-hmm. There's a lot of that, like, self-sacrificial aspect of it, which can turn into main character syndrome, I think. But I think that's very much down to how you play it. 
Um, I think yeah. this is great for a lot of like um, roleplay potential. It, it it's a it's a great like single major enemy crowd control, and I mean, a boss probably has pretty decent wisdom. So this is the, there. There's a strong chance that this one won't go off on a boss. There is that, right? So it, this might be more about getting the heavy hitter, like the ogre. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, is it concentration? Uh, yes. Ugh. Yeah, that's what makes it really hard. I think. I yeah. think I would want it to be more like spiritual weapon, where once it's off, it's it just goes. Yeah. Um. I think in in the right situation, it's clutch, right? Yeah. It could be. It could definitely be that. But man, I could just do command. I mean, you could. I think that the benefit of of compelled duel is the potential for it to last longer. Last longer, yeah. And the potential. The, I mean, it's a high potential if you use it. If you use it right, I I would put this into B tier because it's surprisingly useful, but no one uses it. I'll defer to you because I I don't know where I stand with this one, but B's fine. Not my favorite. That's fair. That is very fair. Uh, yeah. And honestly, I may try to use it at some point in the near to middle in future. I'm playing a paladin in one of the games that I'm in. You know, could be useful. Could be. If we ever freaking fight. We almost never fight in that game. You'll have to let l- let us know how it went. I will. Uh, up next is Comprehend Languages. So useful. I really do love this spell. And oh, do I, you? Okay. I, no, truly. <laughs> I, I genuinely love this spell for, like... Roleplay purposes for uh, being able mm-hmm. to not have to do the runaround on finding out information. Um, it is broken when warlocks get it as part of their pact and can just like read everything all of the time because they can cast it at will. Yeah, uh, that 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 breaks it quite a bit. But I think it is a tremendous like roleplay potential. It's great for. Um, <laughs> It's, it can be very interesting for party dynamics where it's like, yes, I'm going to read all of the things. That's true. That's true. It can help bridge some gaps between each other. I think if another player pops it out during a game, I'm like, oh, thank God. You know, I don't yeah. know if I have that reaction. But like, um, definitely if it's like the central problem and this is how we get through it, that's helpful. Um, it's the, very situational. I would like it better if they didn't literally give everyone common. <laughs> you know, like that it's too common, frankly. And it kind of kills a lot of that. Language is also language barriers are are one of those things that tends to go away after mm-hmm. a couple of levels. Like when you get to that next tier of play, it kind of like disappears. Mostly because no one wants to deal with it. Right, exactly. So I've actually this is kind of an aside, but I've done something different with this. Um so I've mentioned before that I'm doing a Terra based campaign that's the League of Legends universe. And in that, uh, I decided we're not going to fiddle with language at all. Um, so instead of languages, what everybody has is regional culture knowledge. So oh. if, if there's a feature that gives you a language, you have that many cultures. And so you write them down in the same place that you would languages. And whenever, like, a knowledge check comes up, you get advantage if that's one of your cultures. Oh, I love that. That's a great way to handle it. Yeah, that's been very useful. So, you know, they'll put, like, Noxus and Shurama, and then if a question comes up about Shurama, then I'm like, oh, okay, cool, roll history with advantage. Which also helps, you know, the knowledge rolls, which tend to get overlooked. Frequently. Yeah. So, 
Comprehend languages. Where do you put it? I'm not sure where to put it. Um, I would put that into surprisingly useful. Okay. I could I could agree with that. Yeah, because it's one of those that, like, I mean, Roland used it all the time. And when you're trying to, to listen in on enemies who are talking in their language and have no desire to get you in on the conversation, it's great. Correct. It is a bit Correct. situational. Yeah, I had I had taken it purely for flavor reasons because his whole character was about communication. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it was like, okay, I have to take this. I definitely took tongues. Yep. For sure. Tongues I like better because you can talk back, but it's a third level spell. Yeah, oh, and, and at third level spells, man, there are so many other things that, that you want been, to do. If, I wish that was a second. I think it would be better as a second. I but, agree. Uh, anyway. Up next, and the last one on this page, is uh, cr create or destroy water. Okay. Um, so situational. So situational. I'm not thrilled if somebody takes this. I don't care if someone takes this. Uh I think it's a wasted slot, personally. I, I absolutely agree. I don't think I, I don't think I've ever taken it. It's a cleric spell, so I've I've I usually have access to it. I uh -huh. almost never ever use it, with the exception of like we're going out to sea. And at that point, when we were when we were doing that, we were high enough level that it was you know I'm creating food, and that right. is part of that. So, if this were like a hardcore survival game, sure. You know, where like starvation and the elements are the biggest threat. I could say see this like really coming up, but um, yeah, it's so situational that I put it into D. Frankly, yeah, I put it in D. All right, so we're an hour and eleven in, and we're and, and we're at the bottom of of this page on D and D Beyond. And I think we what we still have like half of the spells left. Oh, more than there's four pages. <laughs> There's a lot of first-level spells, as it turns out. There's a lot of first-level spells. <laughs> so I think this is going to have to be a part one. Uh, but hey, that means we have a lot of content to talk about that as we true. build out this tier list. But we will not make it more than two episodes, okay? So oh, try we me. Will, we, we might have to rapid-fire some of these. That's fair. We, we were off to a good start, and we got stuck on a couple of these. We did. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's part of the fun. Like, rules, rules fun. lawyering and figuring out, like, the best way to use things. That's part of the fun of spellcasting for me. So, make your spells like bless, guys. Always take bless. <laughs> Just bless and bane. That's our message for you today. <laughs> Never take charm person. Never take charm person, dear gods. Uh, in my in my friend circle, there's a common thing where it's like you know when someone sneezes, instead of saying "bless you," you say "one d 4 one d four, or first level spell. I love that. Just have a dice with you. Just throw it out. <laughs> I'm not carrying a d four around in my pocket. That's carrying a caltrop around pressed against well, my. Well, don't hip. put a metal one in there. Even right? even non metal ones are hurt. <laughs> That's true. The metal ones will absolutely injure you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I I like the metal dice sets that have, like, a, a, a force, like, like a dreidel-shaped uh, D4, because yeah. that's less damaging. Yeah. Well, hey, this was a lot of fun. Um, I hope you guys had some fun. I hope you enjoyed our d different take on a tier list, where it's not just about, about power, but it's about that table dynamic mm -hmm. and making sure that we're getting the secret ingredient into every turn that we take in this game, or at least into as many as we can. 
Thank you all so much for joining us this week. Um, We hope that we've given you a a few things to think about when you're building out your personal spell list and the games that that you are playing. Come and join us in the Discord and tell us, uh, come come yell at us, come argue with us in our our tier list and uh, present your arguments. As we've shown, we we, we can have our minds changed. Absolutely. Um, You just have to present good arguments. That's all. We will see you all next time. And until then, stay inspired. Later. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Inspiration Point. If you'd like to support what we do, go and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash inspiration point. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. You can also help support us by telling people about the podcast. A little inspiration goes a long way. Inspiration Point is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quest and Chaos YouTube or Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons and Dragons on a weekly basis and have a bunch of campaigns of Call of Cthulhu, D&D, and board game playthroughs archived on their YouTube. Join us next week for more inspiration. Thank you.